3: From Variety, celebrating more than 117 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast.
2: It's very strange to have like a spotlight on your relationship. Like I sort of joked with him like, oh, you better not mess this up. Like you're really gonna, internet's gonna take a quick turn if you do anything wrong. And he was like, ha ha. (laughs) You know, so there is some kind of pressure, but we also do really like each other and love each other. And especially that moment, I was very proud of him for talking about his sobriety. It's not an easy thing to talk about.
3: Yellow Jacket star Melanie Linsky admits that it's surreal to share her personal life with the world but she knows her marriage to actor Jason Ritter is also held in high regard with fans, including a recent TV appearance that went viral. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this episode of the award-winning Variety Award Circuit Podcast, we talk to Yellow Jacket star Melanie Linsky about the twists and turns that came with season two of the hit Showtime drama, as well as her turn as a complicated badass on HBO's breakout The Last of Us. But first... On the Award Circuit Roundtable, we check in on how the writer's strike is impacting the Emmy FYC season, as well as the flurry of last-minute category changes as the Emmy submissions deadline came to pass this week. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Well, happy May 11, everyone. We are back with the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. I'm Variety TV editor Michael Schneider. Along with me, as always, the one and only Clayton
0: Davis. Time of recording May 10th. Happy birthday, Jessica Davis. (laughs) Ah, And and, and Variety's Elise (laughs) Schaefer as well. Yeah, yeah.
3: Shout out to, I mean, Jessica Davis has to put up with a lot. I mean, a a
0: lot. lot. (laughs) Oh, so much. (laughs) So she does not get the recognition she deserves. A hero.
1: This is it. <laughs> that is But by Jazz the time Carrie you're K, by, right? by, okay. by the time
0: you're listening to this, she'll probably be really drunk somewhere uh, at a bar. <laughs> so that's good for everyone to know. Does, <laughs> does does
3: Jessica listen to the podcast, by the way?
0: Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> not. Not even a little bit. Doesn't even pretend like she even like listens to it. Tell her um, we're hurt. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell her to listen to this one, especially because oh. she gets shout outs. Yeah.
3: Does exactly.
1: Maria listen to the podcast?
0: She does. She gives me notes because Maria's a wholesome human, and <laughs> what Jessica a great, is just what a great she's, a, wife. she's a tornado man. She's like, no, I'm not listening she's... to your podcast. <laughs> it's like when she's not watching Vanderpump Rules. Um, oh my god! Wait, are you are you, are you? are
3: you? Every time I go into the living room, it's Vanderpump Rules right now. It's
0: Like who? Like what is going on? And then I have to immediately leave again. Jessica has fallen in love with Vanderpump Rules. Like it's all that's been on the last... All like,
4: well, my friends complain I don't watch it, and I know I know if I start, I'll be addicted, so I'm like, no, it, I won't do it. And there's, there's a lot worked.
3: of episodes.
4: Yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> if you commit to <laughs> Vanderpump Rules, you are committing to yeah. hours of your but, life. But, but the great part about it is, you can jump in whenever... She started with the, the last season, watched it, got up to speed real quick, right. and then when it was <laughs> over, she was like, oh, I'll just start from the beginning, and now it becomes like a little time capsule. It's great. It's like watching the it's, real world.
1: It's like 10 seasons, right? Or something crazy. Yeah. Or yeah.
3: Something like that. We may need to have Kate Arthur on this podcast next week to tell us all about the really? Scandaval and what's going on. Because apparently uh, the, the, the episode when it returns knee deep in Scandaval is, is, to put it in her words, what television has been all leading up to <laughs> in the history of television. It's all led
0: to this moment.
4: I will it, say kudos oh to gosh. Bravo for that because they have been working overtime.
0: I mean, that, that that two-for-one deal to go to his concert, man. You don't know how bad I wanted to buy tickets <laughs> just to go, just to see. Oh, man, oh, man.
3: All right. So finishing uh, the introductions, we have oh, yeah. Tank, hey? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Happy birthday, Jessica.
3: And Emily Longaretta.
4: Hello. Of course, happy birthday, Jessica. I love that we're saying happy birthday shout-outs as if she's going to hear it, but so I'm someone not no, she's, go, to she's going to for this one. All right. She hears, she, she hears
0: me probably in the other room right now. She's probably like, why are they like, why do he keep saying yeah. my name? can't hear you guys, but <laughs> she's hearing me.
3: And still, still talking about her. So tell her her ears are ringing. Well, guys, it's week two of uh, the writer's strike. And nothing's uh, happened. <laughs> Nothing.
0: <laughs>
3: well, they're not back at the table. So it is sort of status quo to some degree. Uh, Jez, I know you've been out uh, back out of the picket line. What do what are you finding in week two?
1: Um, they are still, actually they're energized more than ever. I feel like the crowds are getting bigger. Like last week, after we recorded last week's podcast, like even the rangers saw them. And yeah, I feel I'm starting to notice there's more talent starting to, to go to the picket lines, um, and the signs are getting back better. I have to say, every time I go, it's just like a, there's like a brilliant sign every time. But uh, in all seriousness, yeah, like the the unity of, of like crew members, talent getting out there now with them is growing, and it's just like getting stronger.
3: Yeah, I did like I saw the symmetry today of Mandy Patinkin and Bob Odenkirk together. It's Saul versus Saul, Saul Saul and Saul uh, on the picket <laughs> line, which was amusing. Uh, and then I also saw that Imagine Dragons did an impromptu concert at By Netflix the, yesterday. I was I was, that I, yesterday? was
0: the, I was there and I left and then he came. He was like he was waiting for me to leave. So I couldn't <laughs> catch this moment. So bummed. So I was at the Netflix yesterday because that was time recording yesterday. Uh because uh the Latin X committee of WGA organized a uh rally outside of Netflix and like Jazz also very surprised about how many people are actually showing up to these things, including talent. Nicholas Braun, big tall tree, was there because he's six foot six. You can't she, miss him. Like he's <laughs> like, I just saw this big tree walk by. I was like, that's Braun. Uh and then uh there were other, you know, obviously, like big creator named Steve Canals was there, uh, creator of Pose, Gloria Calderon Kellett was there, and then they're getting politicians that are coming out now uh that are also speaking out so it it, it it's, it's still tbd on like what where does this lead to but today also time of recording dga started uh negotiations and there is a media blackout for two days which i and the rest of my colleagues here do not appreciate
3: <laughs> we never like a media blackout
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's all that about what do i do to you
3: exactly exactly uh Emily has been uh, busy moving to uh, nicer court to the east side moving on up
4: as moving on say. up to the east side yes <laughs> i have been and i and it's interestingly enough i'm now a lot closer to some of the, the picket <laughs> line so i've been seeing a lot more of them and this is the first strike that i've like worked through that i've been in la for like i'm just i feel like i i'm seeing such a different whole world um and learning so much every day uh as we're trying to figure out how to Write Emmy coverage where with all of this impacting all of this. I had a couple stories today change because writers aren't obviously promoting their shows right now. So uh, it's a very interesting time I think for everybody involved.
0: It's been yeah. interesting also just to hear about uh, how many people have shows in the can. That haven't seen the light of day and that are probably about to see the light of day during this time of, uh, you know, no one working and, you know, there's obviously there's uh, conspiracy theories that kind of go around with it. Like they've been preparing for this for a year. They have a year worth of content in the bank, but it is interesting like when you get up close and personal, you're talking with them, they're like, yeah, two, three shows that I, I shot, they're done. They're sitting there. And I'm sure they're about to come out soon. So well, we'll maybe see. There,
3: there there's a lot of shows that shot a couple of episodes but didn't shoot the whole season. So you can't really do much with that until you get all of them. I know some shows shot like one episode and, and what are you gonna do with that? So um so you know, it it does feel like for the longest time there wasn't talk of contingency plans and so no one really quite knows what they're doing yet. And that and that going back to what Emily's saying includes Emmy season. Um you know we we kind of had this vague idea that a strike could impact FYC but I don't think anyone expected it to impact it to the level that it has so far including several events uh, already being canceled more mm-hmm. potentially to come uh because you know not only are showrunners and writers not showing up but, but a lot of stars clearly don't want to feel like they're cry- even even though it's, there's not a picket line at these FYC events still the optics are kind of questionable and so not everyone feels comfortable now with promoting their wares or continuing with fyc so it's Um, kind of a jump ball right now
0: can i also add to that oh well i guess ask ask you guys this do you feel as much as we maybe even even us internally have been talking about you know writers gonna start negotiating soon the industry just seemed really ill-prepared for this like it kind of still seems surprise surprising like when everything like kind of blew up and then now we're here and people are like oh wait what do we do about fyc season what do we do about the summer oh can is going on cool and then how does that impact overseas stuff and then we'll see what happens when we get to daytime emmys in mid-june and then the actual (laughs) and i don't say actual to do not kill me daytime
3: people <laughs> <Primetime Emmys laughs>
0: in september you know there's just a lot of stuff you know what does nomination day even look like now like yeah. just coming out who's you're gonna get me and jazz to go out we should do <laughs>
1: i'll, <Jazz>. tell, I'll <laughs> tell you what i am seeing i'm seeing the the for the fycs like the rewording where you've got multi-hyphenates so actor producer writer director whatever it's like executive producer x is on this panel and they're also a writer or whatever and it's like huh okay or they're an actor that doesn't want to cross that the line so it's now being pegged as that so i i don't know I i mean
4: i'm just seeing a lot of people as mike said even if they're actors they're solely actors and not writers or producers or anything like that still not wanting to be part of it um, simply to stand with their writers um, and to stand with the people that, you know, they're obviously promoting this character and they are not the character. So I think it's an important thing to note that it's like, they're not, you know, obviously promoting a show is part of being an actor. We all know that that's part of their contract, but I think it says a lot about actors who are kind of taking a backseat right now.
0: And and it's good to see like, so when you have the Latinx event uh, today, is uh black writers at paramount and you don't just see black writers at paramount you see all shades and colors and and uh and jobs coming out and that's what you need to see to ins if, if you wanted to institute some change in the industry it has to be something that's not just felt by one group it was just a, that's why i still feel i think a lot of us feel this way this all hinges on dga and sag negotiations if they deal and WJ is the only one that doesn't. That's hard to keep keep up a fight, you know. But if you know it's all of them uniting on this, then we'll we'll, we'll see what comes.
4: Yeah, I did see a lot of a lot of big people out um, at Paramount today, as you were saying for that. I saw Ike, Ike Barinholtz was out there uh, holding up a sign with a bunch of the writers, so it was really nice.
0: Emily, I do have a very important question that's a little off topic, but so on topic at the same time for you. Um I bring a friend with me to every uh premiere event. The last few premiere events, jazz has met him, my friend Justin. He's an actor and he's been on the show SWAT. And SWAT was canceled and then re not can- re-uncanceled in <laughs> <I'm> seconds. Gonna- <laughs> and I can't tell you how much you've been on my mind <laughs> since that has happened.
4: <laughs> you know what? This is a crazy thing to say. You I don't, don't watch, watch SWAT. Ah. You know, guys.
1: I'm I, sorry. I, Wait. I, I
3: love that Clayton just assumed that because it's a CBS show. I know. <laughs> i
1: <I'd> assume <laughs> that too, though. Emily is the CBS whisperer. I mean,
0: at, at least I keep I
1: it heard branded.
3: You
4: know, it's, it's I branded. think Mike might be more in the know of SWAT. Am I wrong?
3: Well, I, I mean, I have some ideas on what happened, but I, I don't watch SWAT <laughs>
0: myself. But,
3: <laughs> but I'm sure it's a lovely show, just as, you know... <laughs>
4: Yeah, New York had its fans. I I, I just have never oh seen. I've never seen
0: a show get canceled and uncanceled in seconds. Like it really, it, it felt was, like seconds. A quick
4: turn that was a uh, quick
0: turn. I was like, um, I have a few shows I like to retroactively reannounce from the past and see if we can get that going again.
3: Yeah, uh, no, that that was wild. I mean, that came down to financials, of course. That came down to just you know coming up with a deal that made sense for all studios involved, both Sony and CBS. And Wait,
0: does this industry run on money? Show <laughs> business,
1: baby. <No. laughs>
0: what?
3: The business um, of show.
1: Can we play a new game? Shows we think Emily watches. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> Every week. SWAT so already we lost. Guys, I lost.
1: If the
4: leading man is over 50, it's likely yes. I mean, how how, how <laughs> oh, is that Shamar? is that problem?
3: Shamar's not Wait, how old, old is enough Shamar
4: Moore? Like, <laughs> I do love Shamar Moore. I feel like when it premiered, it was up against something else that I watched. And oh, I this is
0: ratings up. for her. oh, Emily's about <laughs> yeah, ratings.
4: No. You guys know I watch things in real time. I watch live TV appointment viewing. So if it was mm. on like up against Chicago Fire. I wasn't watching. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be it.
3: You do have yeah. your your Chicago shows, yeah. which I Trump Trump. I'm sure the FBI shows as well, right? Because there's only so much Dick Wolf, Wolf you can have in your life. I yeah, mean, yeah. Not
4: I'm aware of sure. the FBI. Mm-hmm. Like, I keep up with the storylines, but I don't watch them appointment viewing. I like put them on. Like, I'll put them on in the background while I'm unpacking.
0: And here, and here the rest of us are complaining <laughs> about <laughs> Avengers and Marvel. Look like, what Emily <laughs> has to do to like build this Dick <laughs> Wolf universe. It's a lot of investment.
4: Exactly of nine hours a week.
0: Uh, well, the the second bit, which is I think the sat, it's all same umbrella of news uh today, Mike. Yeah, we, we're gonna get ninety minute episodes of Survivor. Ninety, ninety minutes on. of
3: Survivor and Amazing Race. Amazing so. Race. So
0: F- Phil and Jeff, because that's that's me and Mike. We we do we we are <laughs> we have a clear dividing line between Amazing Race and Survivor. Right, right. Um, but we're, gonna, we're it, we it, both win in this.
3: In the divorce, I get race. You get
0: Survivor. Oh, I right? definitely get help? Survivor. <laughs> I'm,
4: made I'm also survivor. a huge fan of both, so I don't know why I'm being taken out of
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that came the day after R.I.P. MTV News. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. This
3: this hit me hard. I and I, I feel like harder than a lot of people in the office, including Jem, who actually worked at MTV News. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think maybe because <laughs> Jem was too close to the situation and he was there yeah. when MTV News went to shit. So he's kind yeah. of of the mind of screw them all. Uh it already went to shit. But you know, for those of us who were raised on MTV News, who, you know, heard it there, records. Rock scratch, the vote first. Rock the vote. <laughs> Uh, choose or lose.
0: We learned she- Aaliyah died it's- on MTV News, like <laughs> yes. literally, like it, it, it was. It was literally all, all the, the biggest. I'm pretty all sure the-
4: like Kurt Cobain news was announced on yeah. it. Yeah,
0: like all That's that. Like, like Kurt Loader, and I. Yeah, Kurt Loader. I never forget. Uh, like obviously, just being a part of my childhood. I, I became a member of New York Film Critics Online a few years ago, and he's a mm-hmm. member. And went to the first meeting. He was in the room, and and I've never been celebrity like uh, like can't talk. He looked at me, and I couldn't look at him. I was like, "Sir, I'm sorry." <laughs> I genuflect. <laughs> like I remember you. I remember you from the cable guy. Also, your appearance there, like all like Kurt Loader. I'm a, a Oscar pre-show. I'm there with uh, Chris Connolly because I remember him there. And then uh, we don't like to talk about her right now, but Kennedy, because she's on Fox oh. Business. Kay, and Kennedy wasn't MTV <laughs> News,
3: so you you don't have to worry. Was about she that. not? She was not. She she was a VJ, but she wasn't. Oh, okay, News.
0: so they're mine. Okay, no, so yeah, you don't have yeah. to worry. No, <laughs> we're
3: good. Tabitha Sorin, uh, oh, Such- Tabitha. Suchin Park, uh, John Norris, of course, who is one yeah. of the legends. Um, Gideon Yago. Uh, there's a couple others i saw but... this
4: morning on the today show carson did a little shout out about talking about it and how much he like loved all the people at mtv and i was just like oh the people that grew up on this it's a, i mean that's a big part of culture that is no longer like that's a really really big part of pop culture that we all grew up on
0: i mean it just really just echoes you know no shade but kind of shade mtv man it's just like we we we've Held out for a really long time that they were gonna like kind of go back to its roots eventually, right. and I thought we were hinting at it when they were like, "Oh, MTV Raps is coming back." We got really excited. We we're like, "Oh, <laughs> we're making our way back in that direction, man!" And then now it's like, "Oh no, yeah. we're, we're just know, really I know. Now,
3: remember when they tried to bring back yeah. TRL? And yes, disaster
4: but,
0: that was. But I, appreciate mean, I, would, I, it was so it. I would, bad. Keep going. Keep trying things, guys. Yeah, Be somebody doing well.
4: But it's because kids aren't watching. We're watching music videos. Like, if you want to watch a music video, YouTube it now.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: I I think what we lose the most, though, and and what concerns me is that, you know, MTV was really a home for activism, for, you know, really discussing a lot of those issues uh, that young people cared about and educating them and bringing them together. You know, MTV would do those town halls with uh, important people after big events like, uh, you know, uh, 9 11 and, Hurricane Katrina and different, different events where they would have a town hall and bring young people together. And, and then of like, like you mentioned, choose or lose the, uh, you know, the, the elections, uh, you know, yeah. they, they would have town halls with the candidates and educate people. And you just, Bill, Bill Clinton's
0: president because of MTV they're, they're, yeah. he became president because <laughs> yeah. of that, because of that channel.
3: And there's a vacuum percent. now. Cause, cause where do young people go together to, uh, you know, sort of, you know, sort of learn about activism and be educated, you know, that when Roe v. Wade was struck down, MTV should have been on top of that, but MTV doesn't exist Mm -hmm. anymore. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a real hole that hasn't been filled by anyone else, yeah. and it's a yeah, shame.
0: They're they're learning about uh the law from Freebie and Jury Duty, which is such a show. <laughs> but but that's where they're learning <laughs> about that. Stuff. I mean, and I guess
3: I, you're learning things on TikTok, but it's not TikTok. The same. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but listen and listen. I, anyone I mean, who
4: loves... I remember even even and I know I'm a little bit younger than you guys, so you'll make make fun of me. But I remember, like even in college, I was watching like Rock the Vote with my like as an RA, I was like holding things in a. In my little conference room and watching Rock the Vote all together on MTV to, like, learn about it. It's, yeah. it's, it's just insane that that doesn't exist anymore.
0: And, by the way, for all you uh, housewives and Vanderpump rules that, you know, bring it full circle here – I'll never forget the first reality reunion I saw was real world after season four. They did the combined one of one, yep. two, three, and brought out yeah, four yeah. at the end just for like,
4: oh my God. Like The day before. <laughs> oh, the, we, were the, like, the, oh the, we saw the, those.
0: We just saw the guys. saddest,
3: the, the London cast, where it was just like pleasant.
0: Which is, which I that cast. <laughs> Listen, Neil, Neil got his tongue bitten off that season. It was a really good <laughs> year. <laughs> and i was in love (laughs) wait is that elka is that elka year no it's not elka Mm -mm. no that's uh whatever anyways but yes i remember like reality television as we know it like got its roots from there so r.i.p we miss you we love you we appreciate you (laughs) i can't wait for the reboot
3: (laughs) The, the thing is there won't be one it just doesn't it's it's over it's 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 sad you you can't reboot like there was Weekend Rock. I think you guys are all too young to remember Weekend Rock. That was what Kurt Loder would anchor every week and it mm-hmm. would be the music news of the week and they'd be, you know, on tour with a a band or you know when when there was the whole issue of censorship uh in music. They would do hard-hitting stories about it like this. It's just like a legit news operation. Um but
4: sad uh,
0: yeah. But we will we'll always have the grind. Eric knees forever.
4: You know, I mean, Eric knees is making a comeback, guys.
0: He he also has an age today. Like yeah. he looks exactly the same. All
3: right. Uh. Well, d- d- shout out to Club MTV, which which was first. So downtown, Julie Brown. Wubba wubba wubba. <laughs> All right, um, so uh, what else? Oh, so getting back to the Emmys, uh, I guess the headline there, Clayton, is the end of submissions. And there was just God. a flurry of last-minute category switcheroos, more so than usual. I mean, there there was some yeah. crazy switches, uh, just because we live in an age where so much is uh, can't be really classified anymore. So that allows folks to jump around and and play the game a little bit and try to... Try to game the system the best
0: they can. Try to, yeah, that definite attempts. I mean, that's the pinnacle. The most Logan Roy move of all time was conducted by Logan Roy. (laughs) Brian Cox (laughs) went is going lead for succession. And even though I knew I felt it was coming, to even get the confirmation was still like, oh damn, he really did it. Like he he just said, I'm just going to do it. Two and a half episodes. Two and three quarters of an episode. I don't know how we're going to add them up of, of television so far. The season we have three episodes left, uh, and he's going to go with Kieran and Jeremy.
4: Well, so that can... that confirms that he's going to be in more, right? Because lead, you can't be in that little, right?
0: No, you can. So th- this is the it's Emmy. D- it's the Emmy Dumb r- Loophole. So if you qualify for guests, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to go and guess. You can still go to gold. You, can go, you can go anywhere you want. It's just that if you don't qualify. Guests, you just can't choose guests. So that that's the only thing. So he, I, I, I would assume we're going to see him one more time because we have to see if he underlined his name or not. Yeah, we have to know
3: that. The thing is, I think I think he could win. I mean, he could. Regardless, it's it's a baller move, but but I think it makes sense. I mean, he's still. Sort of the face of the show. He still looms large. Uh, that The character presence. looms large uh, in, yeah. in everything. He's still listed in the credits. I mean, he's still kind of the star of the show.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, w- I went through the history. Uh, and I know I brought up the Christopher Lloyd uh, example who won for a single episode of telev- television. That happened right. in years where there was no guest categories. That's when Emmys were trying to, I don't know what was happening with all those. But, uh, yeah, that's, like, when he won. Uh, Carol Kane won for an episode of Taxi the year before she, like, became, like, a series regular. She won lead. So, it happens. Some, some This would be, like, definite modern memory. Uh, but it would also be the first show if all three guys get in. First uh, series that would get three men in a lead category. It's happened twice for women. The only thing that women have achieved already... <laughs> at the Emmys <laughs> that men have not they've gotten twice um uh, well two different shows have gotten uh three sets of women in uh Desperate Housewife did it once which by the way even Longoria wasn't among those three which is bananas and then uh three years in a row Golden Girls where each different Golden Girl won every year which I think is awesome
4: amazing yeah. I love that so much
0: yeah so that's one. What, what, uh, there, there's, oh, sorry. Others. yeah, there's, <laughs> any, any uh, other surprising,
4: I, I uh, mean, you, rooms? I mean, you
0: got the big one, Mrs. Davis, going into limited series. So mm-hmm. enjoy that, Betty Gilpin, uh, to just even crack through an Ali Wong, uh, slash Elizabeth Olson, slash everyone else lineup, uh, Michael, president Michael Schneider of the Ray C. Horn C. uh, fan club. Uh, yep. she will be staying supporting along with Jennifer Coolidge for the white Lotus. And that was the big chatter. Uh, last few weeks was that Coolidge was going to switch to lead Sarah Snook, uh, threw her stake in the ground and said, t- I'm t- going to go lead <laughs> that thunder. Yep. Yep. And yep. then it was like, you know what? Maybe I should stay supporting. And then she's going to do that. And it's, and I think it's, I think it's the right choice. Like, I mean, I think, a lot of stuff can happen, but I just think Sarah now is, like, just the favorite. Yeah. Um, And then uh, other thing was, like, couple therapy moving to structured reality, which I just finished, by the way. And I don't know why we – why 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 don't we have, like, a good chatter about this enough, like, in the office?
4: Honestly, you're the third person in a week who has said something to me about it. Yeah. And now I'm like, maybe I need to watch this show. Like, you're it's right. it,
0: it's so good. Like, it was – Amazing, actually. I was like, oh, I'm really like, it was, and it was like real, like it wasn't like trashy. I mean, listen, I love me a good trashy reality show, but this was like heartfelt. And I was like, oh, this feels like my like parts of my life a little bit here. So it was was like, it was very, it was very like sweet that way. Uh, and then Jury Duty, uh, submitted into comedy, which I think it's gonna, I think it's fine. I think it will be accepted there because the rehearsal also submitted comedy, the Nathan Felder, uh, series. But no one knows if Ronald Gladden is going to be accepted as a lead actor. Because spoiler alert if you don't know, but it's all premise of the show? Every everything's fake except for the one guy. He's not acting. He's not he, acting.
3: He, so he no, you can't submit him. But... So so where does he go? Does he go nowhere? <laughs> nowhere, like any reality star. None of yeah. the reality stars but, get to go anywhere. But
0: it's a it's, it's a scripted
3: <laughs> series. <laughs> but
4: but he's, he's not, a, he's, he's, not yeah. he's not reading a script. <laughs> I
3: mean, he, he's not acting. So I, I just—I feel under. like I
0: feel like it's, I feel it's, like everyone needs a home. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the weird thing about again,
3: like the—you know—it's hard to classify a lot of these shows. Is Jury Duty a straight-ahead comedy? I mean, it could—it it, it could just as well, uh, you know, be put in one of the reality categories. So, what, so because because okay. don't forget, all reality is scripted to some degree. I mean, everything okay. that is is planned out on survivor or, you know, even competition shows have real structured elements. That's why there is a structured reality category as well. Um, so you could have put this somewhere.
4: Like you're telling me that there, there's no scripts on selling sunset and that's getting nominated in unstructured and unstructured. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, well, uh, so I, the example I gave was last year with murderville, which tried to go into scripted variety and at the time it was called sketch. They didn't accept it there. They kicked it to comedy, the TV Academy. But Will Arnett, obviously, he's a scripted person. But all the guest people were not. They right. and they got to compete as guests. So. I just feel like he has. You should be able to put him somewhere. And if you if you, you want to argue like he's not guest or he's not acting, then there just needs. To, I just feel like there needs to be a place for him. It's it's tough
3: because when you look at Murderville, everyone still knows they're on TV. They are performing. They're Improving. And improv is is different. That is sort of being an actor. That is sort of performing. Sure. Um, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm is you know much of that is improv. So Murderville probably is a little more in that vein. Yeah, it's it's complicated because jury duty most of it is scripted, but mm-hmm. and 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 a lot of it is improv, but then you do have one person who is completely reality. So what do you do with uh you know um what's the the what's what's the show on Peacock? Uh, I'm forgetting the the no, Oh, the okay. reality show. The the reality show with uh, what's his face. I'm sorry, I'm old. I don't remember. <laughs> <how it's laughs>
0: the descriptions are getting vaguer by the second.
3: Um, Peacock? <laughs> the proposal. No, the negotiation. No, the.
4: Oh my <laughs> goodness. Oh my God.
3: See, Emily can't remember Wait. either.
0: <laughs> uh, I can't remember.
4: Um, I'm going great. Ultimate Girls. Traders. <laughs> Traders. <laughs> the Traders.
0: Thank you. Oh, the Traders. <laughs> oh, I think, I think Traders is even going comedy.
4: No, there's no way. No.
0: I feel like someone told me that we're, it was going comedy. No,
1: how do you do I, that? Actually Wait, bad. the Alan Cumming, the Traders, no.
0: And Alan Cumming, that's the name yeah, I was forgetting. Yeah, yeah, Alan Cumming. <laughs> by, by the way, my entire life I've always confused Alan Cumming and Alan Ruck. It's just it's happened oh like, it because <laughs> like, they're two Allens. The like David D- David uh, Dylan McDermott and David Duchovny and, or whatever. No, they're Dermot. So, Dermot. so
1: far apart.
3: Yeah. Mulroney and yeah. Dylan McDermott.
0: Um but yes and I and I listen, I get the yep. crux of what you guys are saying. I just feel like people there just need to be homes for some people and and also there's also two percent of me that thinks that he is not as real I, I, he's really good in that show, and it's a little weird that he's that good, and so I'm like maybe he is just he just is an actor.
3: Well, where do you put the Vanderpump rule stars? Why don't they get a...
0: Uh, the Oscars for best picture. <laughs> like, for sure. <laughs> yeah. They go Oscar side. They're yes. great. Yes. Uh, and then, I'm oh, sorry, the last one was uh, uh, that mattered was uh, Guy Fietti Diners, Drivers, and Dives, uh, petitioned successfully to move back to structured reality after getting the... Uh, after being, like, I guess, guided to uh, host a nonfiction after they changed the name of the category three years ago, and then it Stop getting nominations so now it's back and maybe it will did a lot of a lot of shifts and moves
3: yet uh a lot there's of, a lot of blurry lines too with some of these categories i mean yeah, the, you know, the,
0: the, the like biggest thing i mean the biggest thing elephant in the room it's not elephant because we talk about it all the time scripted variety and talk series is a mess it, it's it's an utter mess slash disaster um I, I'll tell you as someone
4: who writes about the categories every single day for ease. I'm literally Googling it every single time I write about it because I still don't know the I still don't know what goes in what. Like I'm I, confused every time I write about it.
0: Yeah, script scriptive variety is like the is the thing is because it's John Oliver, SNL, and Black Lady Sketch Show, and we're calling that the same thing. It isn't. Uh, but we are gonna <laughs> say it for this year. You know, Inside Amy Schumer's there, History of the World Part Two is there, the Mel Brooks. Uh, thing will be in there, and then I found out yesterday. Uh, Stephen Colbert presents "Tuning Out the News," also scripted variety. Uh-oh. Oh, you're making that face like you're making that face like it's weird, Emily. And you would be correct. That face is correct. <laughs> that is the, that's the appropriate reaction to that. um But yeah, we have. Uh, I'm tracking, sure. and we don't know. We have ten submissions. Then a talk series has uh, eleven submissions. And it's it just it's and they kicked John Stewart into it and he wanted to stay and host a nonfiction. This is all. So do
3: we think jury duty should have gone in scripted variety?
0: I thought it would be an because because if it goes to scripted variety, the actors can still compete. By the way, James Mars in inarguably, probably the best thing he's ever done is on jury duty. I'm <laughs> probably not even joking about that. He's so good. Um, at the, I thought they would probably try to go into there, but they didn't. I mean, it, it's taken off. It's got some legs, but you go to scripted variety. I'm tracking ten uh, shows right now, which would yield three nominees. So you maybe you don't want to risk it too few which, spots, which means
3: SNL, Black Lady sketch show, and John Oliver. And John that's, Oliver, that's that's it. You know, so,
0: so it, 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 it's tough. But and listen, and I I think uh, all um, like rejections or petitions are. Are spoken about by the 11th i think or thursday or friday it's like that deadline so even though some show submitted there may not you know they can get kicked back in the meantime so we'll see
3: we shall see indeed
0: oh All and, right. the, and the last piece i just i just need to mention because it's such a hot topic is that um academy award winner richard dreyfus has opinions that are <laughs> oh
3: no oh, oh no. gosh here we
0: go here we
1: go just
0: the, the more condensed version is he's very upset about the academy's diversity and inclusion standards that go into effect this year which if you read any of my columns that i've written about it are the easiest thing to to achieve i have gone back to every film that's been nominated and won best picture back to 1980 every film still qualifies for mm-hmm. the Academy's guidelines like they're, they're, it, you can the question can be what are we doing this for that would be a more accurate one but richard um feels very deeply that uh someone like Lawrence olivier who played othello in 1965 uh he played a black man in blackface brilliantly quote unquote and he asked uh the hosts of the pbs program he was a part of does that mean I will never be able to play a black man? Question mark.
3: <laughs> um, Clayton, that would be a Mr. Holland's nope. Uh, <laughs> nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: god. I'm, I'm dropping the mic or in this case yeah, the banana. Okay.
0: He's so good um yeah it was like listen a lot of there are a lot of people that are complaining about the academy standards but i think it's honestly it's a matter of they're just not reading it's so so easy to meet the requirements and i, I appreciate the gesture it's just not the needle mover that people are declaring it is in terms of they think it's infringing upon art every like i i I've got, i'm even going through all the like films that just were nominated for an oscar And I think nearly all of them qualify. Like, this is just, like, uh, we're in a different world. There's, like, obviously clear divisions. People think that there's, like, the woke side, quote-unquote, and then there's the side that's uh, pushing and advocating for change. Can't wait for the Emmys to do it for scripted variety. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
3: Well, we're gonna leave it there. It is uh, off to uh, well up fronts next week. Uh, that that'll wait, keep us busy. And Clayton is heading wait, off to to Con. Pastures in Con. Con and Con. And
0: con. Yeah. So, no,
3: con. no, no someone,
0: someone really tried to correct me. They like, say it's Con. I was like, I think no, it's, it's can. can. It's Can. It's Can. It's Can someone's like it's con you're saying it wrong and i was like you sound dumb you're you're <laughs> saying it wrong and, and if it cat. is it's a tomato tomato thing and i'm not gonna say a tomato um uh, actually i have a question about upfront though. So, um that there's they're still happening question <laughs> mark like that's still gonna happen like, <laughs> like, i guess i was surprised by that that's still gonna happen like normal still
3: still happening They'll they'll be picketing outside uh there, what are won't, they be any, there, will, there won't be any stars <laughs> inside but they'll still pitch their wares to advertisers that's really what it's about anyway is just yeah, you know, wow. p- pitching your wares trying to get that money um so
0: so yeah
4: my ads even though we don't know if any of these shows will have writer's room yeah. by the time it's right. fall <laughs>
0: Abbott elementary season two 2027 let me get those ads going <laughs> yeah it's
3: gonna be more like seven days of celebrity big brother coming soon truly every network our stars on mars will just keep oh, on no. going oh no all right everyone well have a great week we will catch you again next week or i don't know where clayton's gonna be maybe we'll we'll see him again sometime soon uh
0: they're i'm they're gonna let me back in this place (laughs) it was (laughs) nice knowing you
3: all
1: right
0: care of jessica for everyone for me everyone
1: (laughs) happy
3: birthday jessica
1: yes
3: (laughs) after the break yellow jacket star melanie linsky From Los Angeles, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. I'm Michael Schneider. Melanie Linsky has been a familiar face on TV for years playing everything from Rose and Chuck Lorre's Two and a Half Men opposite Charlie Sheen and John Cryer to HBO's Gone Too Soon Togetherness and Hulu's Castle Rock. But she's really making a mark on Showtime's Yellow Jackets, from creators Ashley Lyle and Bart Nickerson. Linsky plays Shauna, a woman who, 25 years after surviving a plane crash, is still reeling from what happened and hasn't ever been really able to fully move on. In season one, she even, yes, accidentally kills a guy. Do you understand your rights as I have explained them to you?
2: Yes, I, I
3: do. Why did you kill Adam Martin?
2: What? I, I didn't. Didn't what? I didn't murder Adam. Whoever I, I didn't murder anyone.
3: I never said he was murdered.
2: But what, you said someone killed him.
0: So how was the sex? Mind-blowing or just, like, really, really hot?
2: They're definitely not going to ask me that.
0: Oh, so
2: he couldn't get it up, huh? Is that why you murdered him? Okay, so I think we're done here.
3: Yellowjackets flashes back and forth between two periods. One, the aftermath of a plane crash as the members of a high school girl's soccer team have to fend for themselves. The other, in their adult lives as they deal with the trauma of that experience. The first season netted seven Emmy nominations, including Outstanding Drama Series and Directing for Karen Kusama. I recently sat down with Linsky to talk about All Things Yellowjackets, as well as her appearance on HBO's breakout, Hit the Last of Us, and also how the video of her and husband Jason Ritter on The Drew Barrymore Show went viral but I began by being a little bit of a geek and noting how much I adored her series Togetherness with Marc Duplass, and how I even still drink coffee out of a promotional Togetherness mug. In an age of reboots, couldn't that show ever return?
2: I know, they had they'd written season three as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, maybe one day, everything comes back, right?
2: Oh, imagine, I know, when the comeback came back, I was like... Maybe yeah, yeah,
3: maybe a couple more years. Yeah. Do you have many of those, many shows in your sort of past that you were sort of were gone too soon, or that you, that you wish? <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> that's one. It.
2: I haven't really done too many um, episodic shows that went on for any length of time. Yeah, yeah. It was really the only things I was like a regular on. I think it's been four shows. So
3: yeah, yeah, and yeah. Mo- most of them went on long enough.
2: Yeah, one of them went on long enough. <laughs> plenty of time and then i did a show called drive that got cancelled after four episodes (laughs) oh
3: yeah yeah was that on fox Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i remember that
2: yeah i went away to get married i didn't check my emails for a couple of days and then i checked my emails and it was like good luck guys the show's (laughs) premiering tonight well looks like the show didn't do too great but there's always next episode well (laughs) and then it was just cancelled like i had this string of emails it was like oh (laughs) <laughs> Done? Okay.
3: Like, well, I guess I could stay on vacation. Yeah, I guess. Like, I don't need and to come back
2: Stay in New soon. Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, it's it's nice to see Yellow Jackets will continue for, you know who knows how long, but yeah. it's
2: hopefully the exact right length of time. Yes, exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Not
2: too short, not too long. Not too long. It's just yeah. the,
3: the right amount. Yeah. Well, it's like we're, we're knee deep in it right now. Yeah. So, and now you're doing this whole gauntlet of awards again and, and uh, another season of, of Emmys. Is this, is this part of the, uh, the, the gig that, uh, how, how do you sort of approach the, uh, the, the press tour aspect of it and the, the Emmy campaigning portion of it?
2: It's, it's weird for me. I've just never had this be part of my life. So trying to find the stamina, um, I I don't know. It's like it's fun to get to see the same people. Like you go to events and you see the same people. Like last year I saw Quinta Brunson all over the place and Janelle and Cheryl Lee Ralph, all those women. And yeah. Um, everyone from Severance and you know, you get to know people and it's really fun and I'm such a fan of other shows. Yeah. So just getting to talk to people about their work is amazing. The kind of like competitive nature of it is hard for me. I I don't know. I'm not good at sort of like pushing myself out there, but it's also, you know, it was so special last year to be nominated. It was like such a huge moment for me. I just, it was very meaningful, and that the show was nominated. So, it means something. It means something to me, and it means something for the show. So, I understand. This is a complicated answer. Sorry.
3: I no, I, I, I love it because it's a complicated, uh, you know, sort of thing yeah. where it's 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 you know one of those things where awards are weird and yeah. it's it's awkward i'm sure especially even with your co-stars um when you're you know competing against some of them in these categories and then all these people that you mention that you love and you admire oh, I know. who you're also sort of like so great meeting you but um i hope i win
2: <laughs> i mean honestly i do have to say first of all my co-stars are so supportive and like there was a mo- like when i did win the critics choice award and all the like young cast just like erupted from their seats and joy. It was one of the most incredible moments of my life just to see how excited they were and how much love there is for you know between us all. Um and then also at the Emmys, like I had a moment at the actual ceremony with every single one of the other best actress nominees, apart from Jodie Comer, but I think maybe she wasn't there. But I got to talk to Laura Linney and Zendaya and Reese and Sandra and we just had this like moment of connecting as women and artists and mutual respect and excitement for each other and I was like, this feels like sisterhood and yeah. this feels like a creative community that I feel really proud to be part of and there was just no um bad feeling at all. It was it was really special.
3: What I also like is these days, you know, there used to be exclusivity where you worked on a show and then that was it. You weren't mm-hmm. allowed to do anything else. And these days, people are a little more open to you know, folks doing a number of things at once. And that mm. allows you to enter different worlds. So the fact that you also have Last of Us this year as yeah. you know, a big part of your life and, and a pivotal part of things and Yellow Jackets at the same time
2: yeah.
3: is, is pretty cool.
2: Oh, it's amazing. I feel so lucky. <laughs> I feel so lucky. Yeah.
3: So take me to season two. Um, now that it's out in the world, mm-hmm. um, you know, what were you, uh, how were you hoping people were going to react? And, and uh, how do you think they're all sort of taking the, the, the season the, as we get a little darker, as, as things get a little more real, uh, you know, for your character, especially, but for, for yeah. really all the characters?
2: Yeah, I think people are responding really well. I mean, what I have seen has been really positive and the reviews were wonderful, which matters a lot to me. I read all of them. (laughs) I always care. You do. I do.
3: Is that a good thing? Should you be doing that? I
2: think it's a good thing. I just just love um, film and TV writing. I love criticism so much and it would make me sad to not get to read it. Yeah. You know, you'd have to put your ego aside for a minute and just be like, it doesn't matter what I read about myself. I, You know, when it's someone you really, like, love reading and they're writing about something that you spent six months working on, it's hard for me to not do it. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Does that ever hurt, though? Um, l- luckily, not any time recently, I know. But no. <laughs> has that hurt in the past? Have uh, there
2: have been a couple of times um, where the reviews haven't been – that great but they've always been right you know like i know when something hasn't been that good yeah so i i've never been like that's not fair i've never really had that feeling a couple of times when you know physical appearance was brought into a review where i felt like i don't know if that necessarily matters Mm -hmm. um but other than that it's i've always agreed Yeah. yeah yeah
3: And are there times where you, re- like you read something and about maybe something you did or a show you're on, and you're like, they're right. I had never thought about that. Oh, all
2: the time. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah, I mean it's people smarter than me who can like look at something within the context of other television, can look at something with like an overview and talk about it in a way that. Is meaningful and interesting, and within like a certain confines of x number of words. I just, it's such a skill. I I'm so impressed by it.
3: How did you approach uh, Plain Shauna in season two? That maybe sort of came out of that, in, in sort of the reaction to season one and to some of the choices that your character made, some of the destructive things that uh, she she did.
2: The good thing about me is I forget everything as soon as I get on set. Like. Sometimes I watch the show and I'll be like that is an awful angle. I need to remember I can never, you know, stand that way or this costume's terrible, you know, and then the moment I get there to do the work, I forget. I just forget all of it and I just operate on instinct and then they say cut and I'm like, "Wait, I think I <laughs> I think I'm not going to like how this looks or, you know, um, but I I've, I've forgotten people's responses. The character is so well written. Yeah and i feel like i know her so well that it's impossible to do anything other than just say the words and be present it's just i'm really lucky to have the material that i have yeah yeah
3: no it's it's an incredible character an incredible role yeah. and and also you know it, it, it sort of i'm forever nervous while while watching i mean it's yeah. it's you know definitely some, some of like i mentioned the choices that she's making it, it there there's this self-destructive thing that, um, but at the same time, I'm rooting for her to get away with murder.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. It's crazy. She's, I mean, I think she, she's a person who kind of like me at work, like operates so purely on instinct and reacts in the moment she's not a calculating person so i think that that makes it easier to deal with cuz you're not like well you know she's kind of a terrifying calculated murderer she's just sort of in a panic at all times and i think that that yeah. maybe easier to forgive i don't know
3: yeah yeah and she's a badass I think.
2: (laughs) I hope so. I feel like she is. I think she's awesome.
3: I mean, when she pulls a gun out, I mean, come on. Oh,
2: my God. When I read that scene, I just was like, what? (laughs) This is crazy. Just so lucky. Just every episode, there's something that feels terrifying and exciting. And as an actor, there's no better thing to feel when you read a script.
3: So where do you think – I mean, you know sort of where things are going, but what, what is going on with Shauna? And, and you know, what's sort of your take on, on where she's going?
2: I actually don't know where things are going. I'm past the point of what they've told me now because mm-hmm. <laughs> I really – before I signed on, I had a lot of questions, and then they answered those questions. And now I'm trying not to be annoying, so I'm not asking them too many questions but I am really curious. I don't know what season three is going to look like. I, I'm nervous. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's also so many people on our show yeah. and so many characters. So following all the different storylines is... Also, really fun for me.
3: Yeah, yeah. Trying to remember everyone's name at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. It's, every once in a while, I still have to go to Wikipedia and just yeah. make sure that I, I remember the right person is yeah, the, the, yeah. the right name. I think I've figured it out by now, but it, yeah. is, it is a big cast. It's a huge cast.
2: Whenever we do a panel with all the series regulars, I think there's like sixteen people or something. I mean, it's giant. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And and I know you've talked, uh, and it's been talked about before, how it's shot in terms of the the young folks, the '90s mm-hmm. characters, and the modern day, and and how often is there sort of uh, interchange?
2: Sometimes we do tandem episodes where we're shooting um, two different storylines at once, or even two different episodes at once. So we'll be like at the studio at the same time, and we'll get to see each other and connect and I always try to check in with them about how things are going or you know, we watched an episode all together. We all watched episode one and then they all had to go back to work. But it's hard to go back to work after you see an episode of you know, the new season of the hit show that you're suddenly starring in. So there's a lot of debriefing that day and talking everyone through their feelings and it's um Yeah a visitor
3: <laughs> It's a surprise Oh
2: <laughs> who could it be well, so they need, okay, yeah, right. it's fine. That's, okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess they didn't need whatever yeah. they thought they
3: needed. Um, well, when you watch or, or when you first read and, and learn about sort of the 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 '90s, the wilderness mm. segment of things, and you start to see what happened to Shauna at that time, how does that inform then how you turn around and okay, oh, she's carrying that as well. Oh, that's yeah. And and I'm sure as you watch that, it sort of redefines. Okay, this is also some of the baggage that she has that is a part of what she's doing now
2: yeah I feel very lucky that I'm playing somebody who represses so much and then the writers especially this season have done such a beautiful job of making a parallel between what she's going through in the wilderness and how the older version of her is actually dealing with it for possibly the first time and processing things and allowing herself to remember and feel things so It's always happened kind of in tandem with what Sophie is playing in the wilderness stuff, which I feel very lucky for. Um, So it's almost like she's feeling the the grief or the shame or whatever it is all over again for the first time. Yeah. So that makes it okay for me to not have all the answers. Like, you know, I knew initially that she was just – suffering with a tremendous amount of shame was the biggest thing survivors guilt and just awful awful shame and you know that's an interesting thing to just have sitting on your shoulders at all times yeah yeah
3: yeah um and- yeah and by the time uh, this podcast airs, people will have seen episode six, where mm. we see what happens with with Young Shauna and her baby. Yeah, and you know that's that's a pivotal episode as well. And and uh, you know what did you think of that, and how also did that sort of inform the way you're playing Shauna moving forward?
2: Oh, I thought the episode was so beautiful. <laughs> I yeah, cry. I cry every time I talk about it. Yeah. Um.
3: It's it, it, yeah.
2: It's so I
3: absolutely cried watching yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's 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 a big episode.
2: It's a big episode. I in the first season not to like share too much, but I've talked about it publicly so many times. But in the first episode, I had just had a pregnancy loss in my own life and I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't ask them what happened. I just was I had a weird wall up about it. But so did the character in the first season. It was just something that wasn't Discussed in my timeline, and then this season, I think I had enough distance that I was like, "Okay, I can start to get into it." At the same time, as older Shauna is also letting herself remember and feel it. Yeah. Um. I mean, I knew that Sophie. When I read that script, I cried. It was so heartbreaking. I knew Sophie would do a beautiful job, and then seeing it, I just her little face. There was so much happening on her face at all times, and just how freely she feels emotion like I know that Sophie sometimes doubts herself because she's like oh I'm not tortured I'm not like curled up in a ball in the corner like trying to like get to a place and I'm like don't you understand that's a gift like you have a gift where you can just be in front of a camera and the emotion comes out of you and you don't have to try to beat yourself up to get there it's just natural
3: yeah, and and so much of this season too, is is about how you process grief and yeah. how everyone is different, and uh, you know, in that sense, important part of what this series is, and yeah, um, and actually, a number of shows on TV right now yeah. where we're sort of in this period where, and and you know, it's maybe partly because of you know coming out of the pandemic and and just a lot of things, whereas I think it's a lot a lot more people's minds these yeah. days.
2: I think you're right. I mean, even if people didn't lose someone due to the pandemic, there are all sorts of other kinds of losses. And sometimes people lost people they loved in other ways and didn't get to say goodbye properly. And, you know, there's a lot of processing of grief happening now.
3: How are the producers in, in sort of working with you and especially sort of talking through some of these things, letting you know, okay, we're you know we are dealing with this issue and you know what what kind of support do they have maybe on on set for everyone um uh, is is there something like that sort of a a, a, a support system in place for for folks as yeah. you're dealing with some of these big issues as you're working
2: there's not like a therapist or anything like that, although I sometimes wonder if there should be, especially for the kids. Like a lot of stuff is coming. I mean, I say kids. They'll probably roll their eyes at me, <laughs> but they feel like kids to me. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of stuff coming up all the time. It can be really challenging and complicated for people. The producers are very, very sensitive, kind people. They're so open to discussion, which is really nice. Um and open to talking about things that might personally trigger somebody or anything like that. And they also always make sure to have a writer on set, which is something that those writers are usually doing in an unpaid capacity, which is mm-hmm. part of what the writer's strike is about. Um, but they're there to, you know, do the work with us and help us in the moment, change things if we need to or you know just for questions to be answered it's it's invaluable having a writer there yeah yeah
3: yeah no i bet and and uh you know where uh, i lost my train of thought i'll have to edit that part out okay. <laughs> you're going to have to do that to me soon i think too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was, it was the door opening that kind of threw me off uh yeah um but um what was i going to say uh so so they uh, you cho you choose not to sort of ask them where where they're going, or are, th- are they also kind of close to the vest in terms of letting you know where the story is going and and what the the direction is for for Shauna and for everyone?
2: They're pretty close to the vest, honestly. They did have a conversation with all of us at the beginning of the season about our character arc and. I didn't want to push it. I didn't want to, you know, be emailing like, when am I having my conversation? I sort of felt like let's let them get settled. You know, I, don't, I also don't want anyone making promises that then they want to change down the line, being like, oh, we've got to tell this actor what's happening and then feeling any sort of need to stick to it, even though the story might be going in a different direction. And I know they're taking the story exactly where it's supposed to go, but... This season, I just thought, let me just wait until they're ready to talk about it, which was, I think, episode four or five, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was getting a bit, ooh, um, but it was great once we did get to talk about it, okay. yeah, it always makes things make more sense. How
3: about that cannibalism? Am I right?
2: I know.
3: We've been waiting for it. Yeah, We finally got it. There it
2: was. <laughs> it, was a whole, it was a whole thing, yeah. Oh, God.
3: You bum that, uh, that that's that's a function of the, the 90s storyline and not so much a part of your storyline? At least not yet.
2: I'm not. They all said that it looked so much like Ella and it was terrifying. Mm. So it's like your friend – also, you know, Ella's not on the show anymore. So it was very surreal for yeah. everybody to be looking at her body having not seen her. Oh, yeah. Awful.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun part of the show. So yeah. um, as a parent, rate mm. yourself as a parent versus Shauna as a parent.
2: I don't, are you a parent? I am. How can you rate yourself <laughs> <laughs> as a parent? I'd have to ask my four-year-old to come in and rate me.
3: The answer is you're better. You're a better parent oh, than Shauna. Oh, my Shana.
2: Lord, please. I think anybody <laughs> is. First of all, I was desperate to have my daughter. I was so excited when I was pregnant. I didn't work for my whole pregnancy because I was. T- I did one day on easy because I got to work with Mark Marin, which I've always wanted to do. Mm. Um, but other than that, I just like sat <laughs> on my sofa, like holding my belly, like please, 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 yeah. let this work out, um, which it did. And my daughter is my. I'm so obsessed with her Last night in the bath She did say I was the best mama In the world Well there you go Yeah So
3: that was nice Unprompted You've you've already won an Emmy
2: Yeah (laughs) From
3: from your daughter
2: That is the The life Emmy (laughs) So I guess she approves She seems pretty happy Yeah But oh Shauna I just think You know Not everyone's supposed To be a parent Like I feel Like she knew Pretty early on That she didn't want To do that And she did it anyway and now she's kinda of muddling through and not not doing the best.
3: Yeah. And and obviously for good reason. I mean yeah. that goes back to what this whole series is about, the the, the grief and, and how yeah. do you process it and, and all that. But um
2: Yeah, that's a big part of it. I think like after that happened, she promised herself she would never be in that situation again. She was like, I'm never gonna be pregnant, I'm never gonna go near that. I don't ever wanna be reminded of that time. Like can you imagine how traumatic that would be?
3: Yeah. 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 And at least she's not, you know, tearing the heads off dogs. Like, Dyson.
2: I know. Everyone's so, so mad at Shauna all the time. I'm like, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Misty had a prisoner in her basement who she then murdered. Uh, yeah. Are people mad at Shauna?
3: I, again, I go back to like, why do I keep rooting for her to pull off well, this murder? Nice. And <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about me that I am like?
2: I think it's I great. Think she's I think you have empathy. <laughs> I think you have an understanding of the complications of human behavior. Is what that means to me.
3: So, question for you because I am curious what it must be like um, for the world basically to have couples' goals when it comes to you and Jason. Like, when that clip went viral the other week of, of you guys on Drew Barrymore, for example, and mm-hmm. it was, like, the cutest, like, the, this, the everyone just, that clip was, like, adored by the world. Oh. That's got to be surreal. That's got to be so surreal.
2: It's very strange. It's very strange to have, like, a spotlight on your relationship. Like, I sort of joked with them, like, oh, you better not mess this up. Like, <laughs> you're really going to... Internet is going to take a quick turn if you do anything wrong. And he was like, ha ha. <laughs> you know, so there is some kind of pressure, but we also do really like each other and love each other. And I'm, especially that moment, I was very proud of him for talking about yeah. his sobriety. It's not an easy thing to talk about. And Drew also, you know, it's like a big deal to have that conversation yeah. and helped a lot of people.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it was a great moment. That's when you're like, yeah. okay. Sometimes the internet can be good. Not yeah. often. <laughs> yeah. Not often. But when we get to see a clip like that, okay.
2: Yeah, and people were so lovely about it and really kind to. He got such a wonderful response. I mean, we both did, but it was you know him sharing. So it was validation. I think that it's good to be vulnerable.
3: Yeah. 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 And I love that, like, surreptitiously, I can't even say the (laughs) word, surreptitiously, Mm -hmm. that the two of you work together on The Last of Us, which is hysterical. (laughs) I
2: know. There's like a little behind-the-scenes video of him, and he is grinning. It's very funny because we watched the episode, and we were trying to see him, and there was a clicker who ran past in one scene with a giant grin on their face. I was like, I think that that's you based on what you look like all day. I think that you're the grinning one. He was like, how embarrassing. But he just was so happy. I've never seen him happier. Yeah. Maybe the day our
3: daughter was born. (laughs) Otherwise. This is number two. Yeah. This is number two. Yeah. And and again, he got to witness firsthand you being a badass once again.
2: (laughs) He did. He was very excited about it. Yeah. I felt so lucky. I I, You know, I read those scripts and I was like, what an interesting person, like just someone who kind of strolls into a room and chats with people like they're a bunch of kindergarten students and then tells someone to kill them the moment she walks out. I yeah. just was like, I've never seen anything like this. It felt really new and fun.
3: Yeah, yeah. And another I mean fascinating, complicated character where yeah. you know uh, on the surface a villain, but mm-hmm. you you pull back and you realize no there's again there's there's a reason behind her, her madness, and, yeah, and just and then you got to like die a gruesome but very cool death
2: yeah, and very deserved
3: <laughs>
1: very,
2: she deserved to die that way she was she was not a nice person, but I did love that in the writing that they took their time in revealing things like they didn't instantly show like how she came to be in power. They didn't instantly show her own backstory. Like she's just this person who's doing kind of awful things and you don't know why she's in charge or why she's ordering these things. And then it slowly unfolds and it just, I thought it was so, I mean all of Craig is just so brilliant. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, that, that adaptation, Uh, incredible, incredible. Yeah. So after these, these intense uh, roles, are you, you ready to do another comedy? Are you thinking like uh, you want to?
2: Yes. Right after I finish The Tattooist of Auschwitz, <laughs> um, <laughs> let me just jump onto a comedy, please.
3: It might be time.
2: Yeah, I think so. That's literally my next project.
3: Yeah. 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 but But
2: um, after that, uh, I'm ready to do like something so silly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Time to call, call up uh, Chuck Lorre. Uh,
2: <laughs> yes.
3: I know you pop up on his shows every once in a while. Yeah. So.
2: I owe him a great deal. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. And can you believe that he and Charlie made up?
2: Wait, what?
3: Do you know about this? No. Oh.
2: oh, I have chills.
3: Charlie Sheen is going to be on Chuck's new show, the one that uh, Sebastian Menescalo stars in.
2: I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. I'm very proud of both of them.
3: Yeah. It's they they clearly. Did it,
2: someone make a documentary about this? Like, I, is there I, a way I can see how this <laughs> happened? I wow! It literally
3: just happened this week, and and honestly, we still need more backstory because um, yeah, I I, wow. I I I wrote a ton at the time, and I talked to Chuck a ton at the time. We yeah, did a I cover remember, story, yeah. a TV guide, all about it, and and uh, I mean, it was intense. But it sounds like they both did the work.
2: Yeah, I mean. Uh, the last time I was texting with Charlie, he seemed to be in such a good place, like an honestly good place um, and I just I, I you know I always hope the best for both of them honestly i I think that's amazing yeah
3: wow so there you go there 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 may be who knows maybe <laughs> a two and a half men reunion at some point now. I mean, <laughs>
2: I'd do a guest star if Would they you want. I mean, I'd... Pop on There were moments on that show that were so fun. And I do genuinely love, like, live audience sitcoms. There's nothing like it, the energy of it, especially when people know the show and love the show. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's an art form, and yeah, there just the, aren't enough of those shows anymore. But Yeah. yeah. But they are, they are fun, and, and fun to attend, even. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so so tell me more about the, the, the movie coming up, what's, what's next on the docket? It's
2: a limited series oh. for Sky in the UK mm-hmm. and Peacock here, and it's called The Tattooist of Auschwitz. And it's a, um, a book that was written by a New Zealand woman, actually, and I'm playing her. And it's a true story. Yeah.
3: Wow. It's so, very moving. And you get to use your actual voice.
2: I do and I think even I've got to make it stronger because she's yeah. a New Zealander who's lived in New Zealand you know my accent is all over the place at this point like I pronounce my R's I don't say water anymore <laughs> so I have to work on it. <laughs> you have to go back. <laughs> yeah my Kiwi accent yeah.
3: Bring it back. Yeah uh, yeah. I love it I love it well Emily, yeah. congratulations uh, season two is just you're killing it I, I mean oh, everyone wow. the, the show it's 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 so much fun it's, it's so incredible and I mean, everything from the music.
2: Oh, so uh, good. I
3: love all the Tori Amos this season.
2: I know. we have been leaning
3: heavily into Tori Amos, which is fantastic.
2: Yeah. Tragic Winter is like a very Tori Amos vibe.
3: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so more to come. Yeah. Well, thanks so much.
2: Thank you so much. How fun.
3: That's Melanie Linsky. Catch up on Season 2 of Yellow Jackets, now airing on Showtime. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Zach Levin edited this episode, and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Emily Longaretta, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit.